Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hey Nonprofits, Raise More Money. I'm Trevor Nelson. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere where you consume your podcast, do us a favor, download, rate, review, subscribe. If you're watching this or any of our webinar recordings, any of our podcast recordings visually on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a comment. Certainly would help. We certainly appreciate the engagement. And if you get any value out of any of these episodes, whether you're running a nonprofit, whether you hear something positive that brings you joy, because we always have a positive vibe with all of our with all of our episodes, do us a favor and share it with someone in your network or someone that might get some value out of it. We know you probably know someone. We really appreciate that. We're talking today about donors and keys to identifying who the donor class is, who are the right donors that you want at your fundraising events supporting your mission and your organization overall. We obviously have a lot of event focus with with the information that we provide. We're giving away our best information for free. That's what the, the webinars and the podcasts are all about. And so we're talking about donors this week. Who are the right donors? How do you identify them? Who is the donor class, so to speak? That's what we, in air quotes, we call it the donor class, the right donors for your event. And one aha thing that we're trying to, that we're trying to really, really encourage folks to realize is that the right donors, the donor class, folks that have wealth, that have resources, that have access, they're just people. The old ad, they put their pants on <laughs> one leg at a time. They still have to drive themselves to work. So often we get in the mindset where they, oh my gosh, they have wealth and uh, I could never relate with them. And, and oh my goodness, can I even talk them or, or what? Wrong. They're just people. Of course, there are people that once again have resources and wealth and access, but they're just people at the end of the day. So let's take it down a notch and kind of like reverse engineer that whole process where it's like, hey, we can we have more that that ties us and more that re, that we have to to relate with folks, the, the right donors. So remember that and tear down any of those preconceived notions you have about like they're just a different breed because they're not. They're just people. They care. They can when it comes to giving to your organization. So start there and just realize once again, they're, they're just people. They're not a different breed of human. What influences, wrote down a few questions that, uh, that Jason and I came up with about donors. What influences their decisions, the donors' decisions to attend or support certain events? And we identified four reasons. One is a life experience, like maybe they're a graduate of a school or a graduate of a program that helped them when they were a youth or they have they were affected by a rare disease or whatnot, or even just a disease in general, and they want to give to research or to that camp or to that school. That's one great reason that influences their decisions. Life experiences, also the influence of their family and friends. Maybe their family's always given to a certain organization or to a certain cause, or they have friends that they are close with that that do. That's awesome, and that's a great reason. And then also a sense of duty a lot of times is the reason why folks make a decision to attend an event and bid and give and donate. A sense of duty or purpose because they've you know accomplished so much in their life, for instance, and they feel like there's a need to give. So realize those things when we're, we're talking about reverse engineering and finding the right donors, what influences their decisions? Why do so many organizations, another great question, why do so many organizations struggle to attract and engage the right donors. And we think it's because they're probably not realizing how easy it is to engage the right donors if you're using 
the most powerful fundraising tool that you have, your phone. That's an extension of that would be your relationships. So you have a committee, a board, their relationships, their most powerful fundraising tool is their phone, their digital Rolodex, as I like to call it. So relying on that, asking your board, your committee, you know, you have someone that's a board or a committee of yours and they're an executive at a bank. Well, they know the board at the bank as well. So they know people that have access. They know people that have wealth and resources. And you need to ask that out of your committee and yourself and your board and your staff about engaging the right donors. The best way to do that is through you know someone that you know or striking up that conversation. So remember that when it comes to you know, if you're at a point or an impasse and you're struggling to engage the right people, your most powerful fundraising tool that you have is your phone. And then once again, all the folks that are in your sphere of influence, your your board, your 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 committee, they have direct access to people that you want supporting your organization and your mission. Oh, and also make sure that when they're when your board, your committee, your staff, yourself that you're expressing what your mission does, your mission's message. Make sure you can do that in 10 words or less. That's something that we've spoken of before on the webinar, almost ad nauseum, but we really, really enjoy, we're not going to stop talking about it. We really enjoy coaching folks on how to explain your mission's message in 10 words or less. Make sure that you can do that. For example, when folks ask what we do, you know, they say, HA fundraising, what is that? We say, well, we help nonprofits raise more money. That's simple. 10 words or less. We help nonprofits raise more money. And that can open up a myriad of questions. Oh, how do you do that? Or, you know, oh, oh, what's your expertise? Where does that lie? Or what have you. But just use that as an example and make sure that you can convey your mission's message in 10 words or less. And that everyone on your staff, your board, your committee, yourself, that you all do it the same way and that it's consistent and succinct. So brevity is the key there. And you can go from any direction after, after expressing that 10 words or less. You can go any direction and see where the conversation leads you, but make sure that you can express that uh, all the way across the board, everyone involved. And lastly, one of the other questions was, how can your organization establish meaningful connections with the right donors and increase their involvement and increase their involvement? You can start by saying thank you. You can engage with folks and start by saying thank you at your most recent event or your upcoming event. You know, someone gives at a substantial level or even at a $500 level or $50 level, it doesn't matter. Engage, start by saying thank you. That's never a bad place to start from when you're having a conversation and trying to engage donors. Folks will remember that far too often. We forget to be gracious, to extend that gratitude and to say thank you for giving. That's how you cultivate those relationships. It sounds very, very simple. That's how you engage. And that's how you get folks coming back and giving more and increasing their giving levels. So just a good reminder, start by saying thank you. It's never a bad time (laughs) to say thank you. You can do it right in the moment. It's fantastic. Yeah. And that's a nice little debrief about finding the right donors, talking to the right donors, identifying who the donor class is. So I hope that helps everyone. One other thing I want to talk, oh, something personal I just wanted to share to motivate folks and encourage folks. I started, I have a, you know, an extensive athletic background, nothing crazy, but I started, I wanted to do something new. And 
in case you don't know me, I don't, I, I don't sit still very well. So it'd be really, really awesome if I could do something like learn the guitar, but I can't. And I like to move. And I, and so I started doing boxing. So I started doing boxing three days a week. And let me tell you, very difficult, very tough workouts. It's like learning a new instrument. It's very, very humbling. It's very hard. There's a lot of discipline involved. Sometimes there's a little bit of pain. I sometimes am, am doing the workouts and I forget to breathe because I'm thinking so hard. And it sounds like I'm complaining, but what this is, is the good stuff. This is exactly what I wanted out of it. So I thought about sharing that with everyone. Typically, we, we don't get too personal on the pod, but start something new. I want to encourage folks, it doesn't have to be boxing. It doesn't have to be a combat sport. It doesn't have to be the martial arts or anything like that. But hey, if you want to, that'd be awesome. Start something new that challenges you, that humbles you, that creates discipline. What I'm noticing, I'm nine weeks into this boxing and it's creating discipline in other parts of my life because it's so hard. And I thought that was really, really cool. That was a that was an aha thing for me over the last couple of weeks. I started realizing it's like the the workouts are getting tougher. I got I, I get pretty frustrated sometimes because I expect a lot out of myself. My coach is awesome. It's super super fun, and I definitely still look forward to going each time. But uh, it's challenging. That's the good stuff. So I'm encouraging folks to hey, you want to learn the piano? You want to learn the guitar? You haven't picked up a book in a while, whatever, or you want to do something really, really hard. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to go to boxing and get punched in the face or anything like that. But what's really, really cool is the good stuff that you can get out of it and do something hard, do something difficult, do something that challenges you at the same time, humbles you and yeah, see where it takes you. And hopefully it, it breeds some kind of goodness and positivity and joy in your life. And it certainly has for mine. So I'll give you another update in a few weeks about how the boxing thing's going and <laughs> go from there. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in once again. means the world to us. You know, quick little uh, plug about our weekly webinar series. We just finished our 130th HGA free webinar. We do it weekly, every Thursday. Click a link in the bio and you can uh, sign up or you can simply go to our website to sign up. But the HGA free webinar series rolls on every Thursday, noon central, typically 45 to 60 minutes. We have awesome guests. We're going to have a great guest this next week. But every Thursday, and then you register, you can get the recording sent to you if you can't join us for the live. But we have a really great interactive conversation with all the guests every single time, helping folks in real time with the challenges of raising money for their organization. It's been really, really fruitful for everyone involved, including us. And Jason and I get a lot of joy in our entire team. gets a lot of joy to produce in the HJA Free Webinar Series every Thursday, noon central. Once again, you can sign up. You can watch every single one of the 130 episodes on our YouTube channel as well. And that's enough plugging for HGA. Everyone, take care. Thanks so much for tuning in once again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you love our podcast, click the download button, rate us, and follow us on social media at HGA Fundraising. Get out there, start fundraising, and raise more money. See you next time.